everyone. Welcome back to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Carly McBride, Content Communications Manager and your host for this week's episode. We are thrilled to launch Season 3 of Order Up today. As you know all too well, 2021 was another unprecedented year for our industry. As we continue to navigate the evolving landscape of restaurant revival, we hope you'll join us as we speak with industry experts and restaurant executives on the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform so you catch our latest releases right in your feed. Today on Order Up, I'm excited to welcome back Hudson Reilly, Senior Vice President of Research and Knowledge at the National Restaurant Association. Hudson will be speaking with us about the 2022 State of the Restaurant Industry Report. Where is the restaurant industry heading this year as the pandemic continues, and what will the future hold for restaurateurs? Hudson will dive into the latest data on current and upcoming trends critical to the industry's growth and success over the coming year. He'll also examine how these opportunities are reshaping the industry's sales, workforce, technologies, operations, food and beverage offerings, and off-premise markets. So Hudson, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Let's get started. Um, First off, can you start us off with a quick introduction and what your role here at the National Restaurant Association entails? Sure. I head up the association's research and knowledge group. Uh, And basically, this group uh, undertakes uh, consumer research, economic research, human resources, tourism, and operations research, as well as oversees uh, the association's extensive knowledge center activities. In addition to that, we also serve as a information source and spokesperson for the restaurant and hospitality industry. So... The group itself is well over half a century old now, and so the association has always placed resources and emphasis uh, to develop original research and knowledge, uh, because in the end, good business decisions are based on good data. So that's one of the main charges for this research group, obviously. Thank you for that. Um, So let's get into kind of the more meaty Uh, conversation. We know this pandemic is continuing. Um, 2021 was another tough year for restaurants. So can you tell us a bit more about this and how the industry plans to transition to what we're now calling a new normal? Well, it's obvious now that 2022 will be another year of uh, transition for the restaurant industry. Let's just quickly rewind back to 2020. Uh, Pre-pandemic, the association at that point was forecasting sales to reach a record high of $899 billion in 2020. Obviously, that did not occur with the heavy hit of the pandemic in its early stages. Uh, so 2020 came in at $659 billion, which is a $240 billion drop off of that original estimate or a whopping 27% decline. So the pandemic progresses into 2021. Uh, Consumer optimism and and sales generally progressed up until the summer uh, when the Delta variant came into presence late July, August. Then what you see happening uh, after that is a plateauing of not only sales growth for the overall restaurant industry, but also employment growth as well. 
Then later in the fall, you get the impact from the Omicron variant. And what that did was take a, uh, in essence, stagnant situation and tip it into a decline phase. So uh, as 2022 progresses, it's obviously off to a relatively sober uh, start, but thinking about how the pandemic progresses and how the industry will reflect that, we do expect overall restaurant industry sales growth to progress in 2020, but it still is a year of transition. So looking at the overall industry total for this year, uh, we're currently estimating it at around $898 billion. Now, that said, it's also important to note that inflation, and particularly menu price inflation, has been posting extremely aggressive and high growth over the past couple of years. So once that current dollar amount of $898 billion is deflated, what it means is that between 2019 and uh, our current estimate is that inflation adjusted sales still remain down by double digits. So overall, 2022 for the industry is another year of positive, but still restrained growth considering what has happened with consumer behavior as the country enters that third year of the pandemic. Okay, so I was going to ask you kind of where we are on the road to recovery. You've, you've kind of already touched on that, but if you have any additional thoughts, we'd love to hear those. Um, and also, how does the industry plan to pivot in 2022 and accommodate various changes and challenges that are, are coming from all angles? Sure, I mean, obviously the industry has uh, exemplified over the past two year period, its ability to rapidly innovate and adapt to changing and volatile uh, circumstances, both economic, operationally, and uh, health and safety wise. So in many ways, the underlying trends evident in the industry pre-pandemic, most of them were actually accelerated by the pandemic. So you can take, for example, technology, which was uh, rapidly developing and specifically uh, table service and quick service segments pre-pandemic. But the fact is that with the onset of the pandemic, quick service was in a position operationally to deal with the traffic demands on it by the on-site dining closures. So overall, if you go back and you look at uh, restaurant industry traffic pre-pandemic, at that point, 61% of all restaurant traffic was off-premises. And that includes, for example, takeout, delivery, drive-through, and curbside. During the depths of the pandemic, that ratio increased to close to 90%. And then as some on-site dining restrictions were eased, that's currently moved back to 81%. But you'll notice that that number is still 20 percentage points above where it was pre-pandemic. So there has been a shift in terms of how the consumer uses restaurant towards those off-premises meal solutions. It's important to keep in mind that is all essentially convenience-driven. 
And the integration of technology has allowed the opening up of new markets to the consumer in using restaurant meals. So looking towards the future, the socialization driver, which is uh, another very important component of growing restaurant sales, is the one that has truly been under siege. And association research is quite clear that consumers, particularly for table service experiences, have substantially higher pent-up demand uh, than they did pre-pandemic. And conversely, if you think about quick service utilization by consumers during the pandemic, uh, their pent-up demand for quick service is actually lower than it was pre-pandemic. So the key going forward is once that consumer has greater accessibility to on-site dining in tandem with a greater sense of safety and security, that socialization driver will really pick up speed and assist the table service segment in once again, picking up additional traffic and sales. But it is in many ways a situation that the recovery varies dramatically by type of operation. And so looking at how table service has performed, how we expect it to perform this year, looking at how quick service has performed and how we expect it to perform this year, those underlying trends of having a higher propensity for consumers to use quick service in their meal solutions will continue, but there is expected to be greater accessibility and reliance on table service, particularly for that socialization need. You keep answering the next questions that I'm going to ask you. <laughs> um, I was going to talk about that pent up demand. Um, diners are really missing eating out at restaurants. Um, so are we seeing that increase in consumer interest uh, in restaurant dining? And how does that bode for 2022? If there's anything additional that you didn't touch on, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, as you can imagine, just as the pandemic was starting, the association started launching a weekly tracking study of customer patronization of restaurants uh, across different meal periods uh, from both the on-premises and the off-premises market perspectives. And what is quite clear now as we enter our third year of the pandemic is that on-premises dining still remains substantially depressed. So if you take dinner, for example, pre-pandemic, roughly about 60% of uh, American adults pre-pandemic uh, would use a restaurant on-site in the previous week. During the depths of the pandemic that fell oh, by double digits and has now recovered to around 44%, but that's still 16 percentage points below where it was pre-pandemic. Conversely, if you look at dinner off-premises, that is up uh, substantially compared to what's the opposite going on with the on-premise. So the consumer has obviously become much more adept at using quick service uh, to fulfill their meal solution needs. But going forward, that gap for the on-site will continue uh, to diminish. 
The question is how the pandemic plays out, whether there are additional variants, but the environment of the past couple years, which is uncertainty and volatility will continue, but the difference between 2022 and two years earlier is that there is more certainty in the ability of consumers to manage not only their restaurant patronage and spending in this environment, but the fact is they do, as these on-site dining restrictions gradually lift, have exhibited their return to behaviors of wanting to be on-site and socializing. So for the industry overall, 2022 is a positive year in that the sales trends will remain directionally correct. There will be a lot of volatility in these, these upcoming months. But from the consumer perspective, they view restaurant meals as an essential part of their life. They wanna use restaurants. And one of the inherent advantages of the restaurant industry compared to other industries is that consumers wanna spend their money in the industry and enjoy using restaurants in their daily lifestyle. So from an operator perspective, one of the most important operational uh, needs is to help them unlock that pent up demand. And there are a host of new initiatives the industry has undertaken that can release this pent up demand. And so whether it is streamlining menus, focusing in on uh, signature items and greater efficiency and productivity in the preparation at the back of the house, whether it is adding alcohol to go for that off-premises market, whether it is offering meal kits. Now, even restaurant subscription programs have, have taken a greater footing uh, across the different segments. So it's not unusual now to have some consumers that have subscribed to a subscription program for a specific menu item. And uh, in the 2022 report, we look at that and show that particularly among younger age groups, there is a realization that they will be using restaurants differently uh, than the generations which have preceded them. And if there's one thing a restaurant tour knows is the value of a loyal patron. And so there are many more loyalty programs in place now and the ability to have instant gratification upon the part of the consumer of patronizing an establishment and immediately being able to look at what has gone on with that loyalty program and what the reward levels are and what the rewards they're receiving are. So the industry is extremely, extremely rapid at adapting to this. And particularly if you think about the table service segment pre-pandemic, uh, at that point, off-premises sales for them range uh, usually between about five to 10%. Now it's not unusual to have major uh, national multi-unit operations reporting off-premises sales of 30 to 35%. Uh, 
Will that ever go back down to five, 10%? Unlikely. Will it decrease some? Yes. So it is a state of flux, but in the end, the ability to meet consumers' wants and needs both on-site and off-site and how that is operationally done has changed and will continue to change. And as we always say, though, in the end, the restaurant industry is a hospitality industry. And so even though off-premises may be a little more impersonal, more mechanical in nature, that socialization driver of the restaurants being part of the hospitality industry is a very, very critical need. And so going forward, the consumer will welcome stepping up their patronage for those socialization experiences. So Hudson, what operational trends, what other operational trends, I should say, are we seeing um, that have been successful this past year? And which ones do you expect to continue uh, into the future? Well, let's just start with the food and beverage arena. And uh, late last year, the association released its uh, What's Hot Chef survey done in conjunction with the American Culinary Federation. And that was a survey of 350 chefs uh, who were given a list of well over 100 different food and beverage items, as well as certain trends. And what you see as a result of what the chefs expect to be extremely hot this year has three primary aspects to it. The first is health and nutrition. Perhaps a better word for that is wellness. In other words, the using of certain food and beverage items to enhance the wellness of individuals. Another relates to packaging. Uh, out of the top five trends reported by the chefs, three of them related to packaging. So the ability, particularly in this off-premises market to preserve that food and beverage integrity over the transit period becomes more imperative. And so there are packaging developments now which help to ensure the integrity and durability of those food and beverage items while in transit until reaching the end consumer. And also too, a third component of what's been going on with food and beverage trends is uh, sustainability. Perhaps a better word for that is eco-friendly. And when the research the association undertakes uh, it is quite clear that particularly for younger consumers in their decision matrix of how, what, and where, and when to use a restaurant, that eco-friendliness is a important decision point. And so going forward, as this younger generation supersedes the baby boomers, that component of using sustainable eco-friendly tactics and products in the restaurant environment is only going to grow in importance. And you do see the chefs reporting a growing emphasis on plant-based items for sure. And as well as uh, a diversification in revenue streams of the ability to market these new menu items. And so 
that can range from not only meal kits, but also the ability to have retail items for sale in store and online that the uh, consumer can purchase and have delivered. And as a result of this greater emphasis on the off-premises market, not surprisingly, there are some very important new restaurant business models which are developing. And it doesn't mean that the, the old model of brick and mortars and brick and mortars with drive-through and even delivery attached to those establishments go away. But instead of restaurants being a physical location now, it's important to think of them as being points of access. And so when we talk about these new business models, virtual digital ghost kitchens, for example, what these models do, and as a result have an entirely different income statement and expense structure is allow new points of access for the consumer. And so it is a long-term trend. It is not a fad. And just as if you look at the history of the restaurant industry, it is quite a uh, vibrant environment for designing new operations and new business models. And the pandemic has accelerated this and given many of these new business models legs. And, you know, we're frequently asked, well, what happens to fine dining? What happens to casual dining? And they obviously continue to grow. It will take a little longer for the higher check operations uh, to get back on their feet. Some of that has to do with what's going on with travel and tourism in the United States. Most people don't know, but of all restaurants spend, one out of every $4 is travel and tourism related. So what goes on with tourism is extremely, extremely critical in how restaurant sales proceed. And the association looks at tourism in three distinct buckets. For example, uh, leisure travel, business travel, and international visitation. Now, leisure travel uh, has started to come back and business travel is just starting to come back. But international visitation, those are very important individuals who are very high spending in restaurants when they come from these countries. They tend to stay an inordinately long period of time. So for those geographic areas which have historically been dependent upon international visitation, it is an entirely different recovery scenario than it is, for example, being located on an interstate highway in the Midwest. Consequently, international visitation currently is not expected to reach pre-pandemic levels until 2025. So that obviously is a much longer recovery timeframe uh, than it is to be for example, a quick service operator with increased emphasis on that off-premises market. But in the end, the entire food service industry is comprised of almost 70 distinct segments. And each one of these in many ways is a unique industry unto itself. But 
it is this spectrum of diversity which gives the industry its overall strength to continue to expand even after, after a two-year period which has been unprecedented in the industry's history. Let's talk a little bit about the workforce. How are things looking uh, right now for the workforce? And I know 2021, again, another challenging year, but what's the outlook like for 2022? Do we have things to look forward to there? Sure, I, it's interesting. Uh, there are two ways to look at the workforce. One is eating and drinking places, which is about 70% of the industry. And then there's food service operations, which is about another 30%. So. If you're looking at total restaurant and food service industry employment, pre-pandemic, it was 15.4 million. Uh, the industry is extremely labor intensive. It is the second largest private sector employer in the country. COVID hits, that drops down to about 12.8 million. Last year, that moved up to 14.5 million but that still is almost 1 million jobs below where the industry workforce was pre-pandemic. So it's quite clear now that in 2022, the industry's employment overall will not be where it was pre-pandemic, but the trend will again be positive. And not surprisingly, with national employment still remaining down by well over 2% and uh, close to 4 million uh, positions down. What that means is that the consumer in terms of employment, because there are still substantially uh, a number of individuals not in the workforce, that income growth is moderated this year. If you think about all the stimulus efforts which came online last year, what that did was give consumers additional cash on hand, which eased their allocation of spending towards restaurants. At this point, there's no major stimulus uh, on the horizon and in a higher inflationary environment, the consumer is going to become more judicious and looking at their total spend, not just in restaurants, but other categories. So it is an environment where promotion, incenting, remaining top of mind is more important uh, than it was previously. And from a restaurant operator perspective, even though there have been tens of thousands of restaurants that have permanently and, and temporarily closed, it remains an extremely, extremely intensive industry. And so technology, and this is what the report discusses, technology from the operator perspective views it as a distinct competitive advantage. So in a competitive environment, the ability to have used and invested in that technology to communicate with a loyal patron on a regular basis is quite important going forward because the income environment, while it is better than it has been, it isn't a situation where real disposable personal income is going to be growing this year. Compared to last year, it's actually down a little. So from that aspect, 
not only are operators competing uh, more for that income dollar, but there's also the competition with higher inflation from other necessary expenditure categories. But in the end, we're fortunate to be allied with an industry that the consumer wants to use. Uh, they are quite vocal about their support for the industry. So it is a situation still where there can be substantial variations, not only in different regions of the country, but also different states and even different metropolitan areas within those states. But overall, the industry in 2022 remains in transition, but the direction is positive and eventually this pandemic will hopefully morph into an epidemic and then in essence become a non-issue. But uh, for the moment, this volatility and uncertainty uh, remains high. Hudson, what are you most looking forward to in 2022, looking ahead? Well, if you think about consumers and how they use restaurants in their daily lifestyle, uh, the number of channels by which now they can get restaurant prepared meals and beverages to them in a very efficient, speedy manner is unprecedented. It never has the industry been in a situation that there's an, in essence, an extension of the supply chain from those establishments. And the restaurant industry supply chain is very uh, comprehensive and extensive and robust, even though there are supply chain challenges at the moment. And once that supply chain sorts out and the availability of these items again comes online and the basic infrastructure exists to get these products and beverages out, uh, both off and on premises, it really is an exciting time because there is much more diversity and uh, availability of different flavors, tastes, signature dishes than there ever has been. And it really is a bastion of entrepreneurialism that allows local restaurant operators to be in tune with what the food and beverage needs are of that local demographic. And the new technologies really offer a host of new data that can be analyzed to impart knowledge, not only to the supplier community, but as well as the operator community about what is actually going on in real time as well as using some of these technology integrations now, for example, with artificial intelligence and the ability to estimate future demand as well as different ordering patterns, uh, for example, with different weather situations or different operational constraints. It, it really has turned into a much more real-time menu and experience for not only the operator, but the consumer as well. 
Well, you've given us a lot of incredible information today, um, a wealth of information, but is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you think would be important for our listeners to know? Just that uh, restaurants will continue to remain to be a cornerstone of their communities, careers, and local economies. And it's very important that they remain engaged politically uh, and advocate on their behalf, as well as the association's behalf, to get additional uh, funding through this uh, restaurant recovery fund. Basically, as you know, there were hundreds of thousands of restaurants that were denied monies under the initial allocation. So the association is working very hard to get this additional funding through. And in the end, it's their voices, it's the grassroots support that motivates the legislators to consider and act upon the industry's needs. If, if you figure the original package was around 28 billion, we're asking for another 60 billion roughly. And the industry losses in just uh, the first couple of years exceed well over $300 billion. So of all of the industries in America today, the restaurant industry was the industry which was most severely impacted in terms of employment and sales decline. But the industry's history over the past several decades is one of resiliency and the ability to rebound from a whole host of external challenges. And there's no doubt the industry will continue to do that. A lot of great information for our listeners to, um, to digest and chew on. Um, a link to the SOI report, we will be sure to put within our show notes. Um, I can also link that What's Hot report and any information on the revitalization, uh, restaurant revitalization fund. Um, so Hudson, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. I know you have a ton on your plate right now, um, but thank you for, for chatting with us about this report. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.